This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. for Holy Communion, and visit us on the web at holytrinityrec.org. Enjoy the sermon. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. That he should stand nobly against the wolf. This line comes from St. John Chrysostom in the 5th century in one of his homilies on the gospel reading that we read a few moments ago. St. Chrysostom is referring to the responsibilities of the shepherds of the Lord's sheep in the church. We're often concerned with the physical safety of the Lord's people in his church from issues such as abuse to external threats such as violence. With all that occurs currently around the world in terms of churches and Christians being physically attacked, this is naturally where our minds go to first when we read a passage such as John chapter 10. We think it's appropriate to set up security plans for the physical protection of the congregation as they worship. Yet, the physical protection of the Lord's sheep is really only a small part of the threats that we face as the children of God. We face spiritual attacks from spiritual, spiritually destructive wolves as well, more often than the physical attack. We often are blind to these attacks, especially in times such as ours where we are extra cautious about physical attacks. This evening, let us focus on the spiritual need for all of us, especially, especially the shepherds of the church, to stand nobly against the wolves that seek to harm us. First, it's important to note the foes we face as outlined in the lesson today in John chapter 10, verse 12. Jesus said, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The enemies approach, the wolves, the hired hands flee. And then the wolves are free to snatch and scatter as they please this newly defenseless flock. Spiritual wolves are more likely than not to cause the hireling or the hired hand to flee, to run away. After all, it's in our sin nature to do the easy thing in terms of physical defense, looking at what may be in terms of external attacks and to make a plan for that. Yet the spiritual attack is the scariest of all. Think about it with movies, at least for me, there's a stark difference in emotional reaction between a portrayal of a physical attack upon a church compared to movies portraying a supernatural or spiritual evil. A physical attack on a church that's portrayed in the media, such as a movie or a television show, often brings the response within the viewer that the attackers will be dealt with with a secular justice system or military. But the spiritual or supernatural attacks through evil upon people and churches and movies 
do not carry the same sort of response when we view them. It is much different. The same is true in our lives when we face spiritual attacks, the evil wolves that come to seek to scatter and snatch us. Note, though, there is a spiritual component with the physical attacks and that we see around the world at this moment upon churches. To commit such an act, such an atrocity, the people involved are plagued with spiritual evil and darkness to the point it manifests itself through breaking the commandment, thou shalt do no murder. The spiritual attacks we face mean we as sheep need the fold of Christ's church as shelter, a spiritual shelter. As related in the New Testament, we face spiritual adversaries that seek to attack us from within. Our souls, our hearts, our minds, with the evil intent of drawing us away from Jesus Christ. To turn our backs upon Christ in rebellion. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 gives us such a warning. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Our reality as Christians is that we need shelter in the church to equip us to be sober-minded, to be watchful for one another. These spiritual attacks seek to undermine our allegiance and our faithfulness to Jesus Christ as our prophet, as our priest, and as our king. The book of Hebrews outlines how Jesus Christ is superior in all three of these key offices of prophet, priest, and king. Attacks such as there are other prophetic voices that should compete with Jesus, selling the lie that Jesus is just a prophet and not the superior prophet are real. We see them all the time against the church. Attacks such as there are other ways to salvation, making Jesus simply a priest and not the priest that atones for our sin in reality and finality, are real attacks. We see them all the time. Attacks such as we must look to worldly leaders for our salvation, that Jesus is just a king and not the king and lord of lords, are real attacks. And we face these temptations to stray from Jesus as our king, as our prophet, as our priest, all the time. These are all examples of how spiritual wolves seek to snatch us and scatter us from the truth in Christ alone. Jesus, in the context of the gospel today, gave us the only means we have to enter into safety. A little bit before our gospel lesson in verse 7 of John 10, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Yes, there are other spiritual folds in this world but all of them are merely holding pins, really prisons meant to, hold, to look safe when in reality they are deadly. All of these are spiritual prisons that are meant to enslave people in sin and death. Further in verse 9 of, our, of John 10, Jesus said again, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture." See, the evil folds or prisons of this world provide nothing but misery and eventually spiritual death. 
any teachings that subvert Jesus Christ alone as our prophet, as our priest, as our king, means teachings that lead us away from Christ into spiritual bondage. Note here that we enter through Christ alone and go in and out to be sustained, to be protected, to be built up, and to be equipped. We, through the safety of Christ's church, are prepared to go into this world to confront the evil of this world with Christ and his gospel, continually inviting and rescuing the lost sheep from their spiritual bondage into the church. Seeing the spiritual danger that we have all around us in this world of wolves, how do we encounter them? Simply, it is to cling to Christ alone as our perfect prophet, heeding his word alone that he is all we need for everlasting life. It is to cling to Jesus Christ alone as our superior, perfect priest, providing himself as the perfect and everlasting sacrifice to pay for our sin. It is to cling to Jesus alone as our superior, perfect king, serving him alone as our king, as he builds his kingdom, the church. The church, the body of Jesus Christ, with all her members, all her pastors, serve Jesus through seeking grace and help to be the church, to be the fold. We must trust in our Lord through our prayers, through our worship, through our fellowship, no matter our circumstances in our lives. Staying connected in the body of Christ is crucial. We do not live in a country that forces us underground to remain connected to the church. Thus, we have no excuse with the ability to travel with ease to meet as Christ's body. In our situation here in the next couple of weeks, as we'll see with with a parish from spring preparing to close its doors and to join with us, St. Francis, we must keep our hearts and our minds upon Christ to remain connected through his means of grace that he has given us to welcome another flock into our midst. We must be a welcoming place where connection in Christ is of the utmost importance. It is crucial that we see all of this as the work of God through us to submit and continue his commission in this new season for our fellow brothers and sisters in need of a place to rest to be comforted, to recuperate. As 1 Peter 2 verse 24 reminds us through this tough time for our fellow believers, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For us, as Church of the Holy Trinity, it's time to be a place of refuge and rest and comfort for our brothers and sisters from St. Francis. As Isaiah 40 verses 1 and 2 reminds us, comfort, comfort my people, says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem. We are called to find rest together in the church of Christ. We have this promise firmly granted to us in verse 11 of Isaiah 40. Jesus will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather them in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. In such times, it's important we remain grateful 
for the endless benefits that we all have through Jesus Christ. Even in this trying time for our fellow believers, we need to be a place of encouragement to cling to the promise of Psalm 23, verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In Christ alone, we can fear no evil. We know he is with us, no matter our circumstances. He comforts us by guiding us by his rod and staff to remain in his fold and not to scatter. Our, our parishes have a unique opportunity in the next couple of weeks as we come together for mutual comfort, mutual trust, and love, and rest. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 reminds us, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Times of rest are important, especially after something like our brothers and sisters are about to experience with their church closing. We find rest in the church of Jesus Christ as long as we remain linked in prayer, in worship, in communion, and fellowship. I encourage all of us as Church of the Holy Trinity, and I will be over the next couple of weeks, to be a place of rest and comfort for the people of St. Francis. Consider this a sabbatical rest for their long years of dedicated and loving service going back to 2004. I encourage you to use this coming season to aid these folks to reflect in prayer on their years of ministry. We are to stay connected in the Church of Christ, seeking his help, seeking mutual support. Christ indeed is our good shepherd. We can only stand nobly against the wolves together in Christ as his body, the church, as one. Let us close with these words from our psalm in verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen.